Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So you've got your Yorkie in bleeding one arm. Bleeding all over me. You've got the bleeding all over you. Right. You've, got the, you've got the pit bull by the collar. By the collar. because And I that pit bull it, didn't turn around and bite that's you? That's what I was afraid of. It could maybe turn so around. So you're just holding him out so like this? I'm holding him kind of out, like, but holding him in the air. Oh, you're strong. Give him a little pain. You're strong. This is the plaintiff. Nicholas DiMartino. He says he was innocently walking his Yorkshire Terrier on the leash one day, and the defendant's dog lunged, bit his dog, and wouldn't let go. Now a chunk of his dog's ear is missing. The defendant has eight summonses for letting his dog run loose, and he needs to pay for what happened. He's suing for $475.48 to cover his dog's medical bills. This is the defendant, Jaleel Dunn. He says the plaintiff has a problem controlling his temper and making sense when he's in an excitable state. Bottom line, he returned home to a screaming plaintiff stating his dog scared his mother, never once mentioning an attack, a bite, or any kind of injury to his own dog. Two weeks later, he gets served with his lawsuit in the mail. He has no idea why there are any vet bills in the first place and wants to get to the bottom of this because none of it makes any sense. He's accused of failing to control his dog. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum. The People's Court. Be seated. Come to it, please. <laughs> Litigants haven't sworn yet. Thank you, Douglas. Nicholas DiMartino, you are suing Jalil Dunn for $475.48 in vet bills that you had to incur as a result of uh, his dog getting out. Tell me what happened. Uh, I was basically uh, just walking my dog around the neighborhood like I normally do on, my le- on the leash. Uh, I rounded the corner. I saw two dogs that were unleashed. One was a pit bull and one was a, like a, a basset mix hound. I knew it was trouble right away. Okay. So I, I didn't have anything on me, so a phone or anything. So I, I said, come on, Sammy, let's go. That's the name of my dog. I tried to turn back. Before I knew it, the pit bull came on my dog. What kind of dog do you have? Uh, a little Yorkshire Terrier, like Dude, 10 Dude, you didn't pick the dog up? Pounds. You know what? It happened so quickly. Yeah. Like, it was on him, like, before I could even do anything. Right. Um, Latched onto him, my dog started screaming in pain. Um, you know, everything's happening at once, so I just took my fist and pounded on its head for like four times, the pit bull. Didn't it do did, a thing. Did nothing, did no. nothing at all. And luckily, it had a collar on, so I grabbed it by the collar, I yanked it up, kind of like choking it off the ground. Then he let go. In the meantime, my dog's bleeding everywhere. I pick my dog up in my left hand, I'm holding the pit bull on the right, and then there's the, the other dog, he's like growling at me, this little basset hound. Sure, because you've got the pit bull by the collar. <laughs> and Is nobody, there anyone nobody's else around? around. Nobody's, nobody's around. around, you're no. alone? I'm alone, so oh, I'm like. And with no phone? No phone, nothing. I learned my lesson. By yeah, right. <laughs> so I started walking back to my house, 
And what, meeting. with the people following you? No, I'm holding the pit bull choking Oh, right. In the I mean, with the basset hound like following cho- you? Yeah, it's like barking around me. So you know, you've got your Yorkie in one arm. Bleeding all over me. You've got the bleeding all over you. Right. You've, got the, you've got the pit bull by the collar. By the collar, because I don't want to let it. And that pit bull didn't turn around and bite that's you? That's what I was afraid of. It could maybe turn so around. So you're just holding him out so like I'm this? I'm holding him kind of out, like, but hold him in the air. Wow, you're strong. Give him a little pain. You're strong. Yeah, a little. <laughs> yeah, okay, but, but so where did you go? So I walked down to um, maybe four houses down, and luckily there was somebody outside, and I said, can you please call 911 right. and get the police out here because my dog's bleeding. I didn't know if he had him, like, got him by his neck because this could be a life-threatening injury. Right. You know, and this other dog's there, and I can't let him go, the pit bull. And what's the basset hound doing? He's just walking around like, like growling. And but not really. I'll, <laughs> no. I'll I'll bark, was, no if he started coming on me, I don't know what I would have done. Exactly. Kicking right. or so, something. So, uh, so what happens? Police come? So then that guy calls the police, 911. Police don't come. They, they contact animal control. Right. Animal control finally comes um, probably like 10 minutes later. So I do eventually let that pit bull down after I choked it for about five minutes because I figured he had enough. And he did, he did finally like stop and he kind of ran off. So I make it to my house because um, I wanted to take him to the vet right away. So then I was kind of waiting for animal control to come out because I wanted them to find the dog because he had a collar on to say who the owner was. Right. You know. So then animal control came out. I was, they got the dog. I just went to the hospital right away, the vet hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, the animal control guy picked the dog up. It was to his address. He's the owner. Uh, supposedly he went to his, or he came to pick the dog up, and he gave him like two summonses for dogs running on the loose. Um, and not having licenses. No license. What happened? Uh, with the license? No. What happened? Were you there when this attack happened? No, I wasn't there. Who was there? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, nobody was there for you guys, but uh, but I'm just asking who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? How'd the dogs get out? One of my siblings, most likely. One of my brothers or sisters. And how did the dogs get out? They left the, the door fence. open? No, through the fence. The, they, there was a broken part of my fence, and they got through it. Yeah. How many times does that happen? Uh, probably five, seven times. Really? You think that's okay that your pit bull roamed the neighborhood five or seven times because you don't get around to fixing your gate? No, I, I don't think that's okay at all, but they also found other ways to get out of the gate. Well, so. then you can't have a pit bull. If you can't figure out how to contain the pit bull, you can't have the pit bull. In fact, if you can't figure out how to contain Fifi the Poodle, you can't have Fifi the Poodle because we have laws about the dogs roaming free. Mm-hmm. And especially dogs that are, their instinct, their breed is you know, territorial. Apparently, your dogs think the street belongs to them, okay, because they're territorial about the street. Who's the fellow with you, moral support or a witness? No, nah, he was uh, just one uh, moral support and witness, both. And witness? Yeah. Okay, what's sure. he a witness to? There was an incident where um, my dog had ran away. A different one? No, nah, it's the same dog that we're talking Similar. about. Similar. So yeah, on yeah. a different time that <laughs> yeah. your dog ran away? Yeah. Um, Come on up. I believe well, that's... that. We want to hear it. Right there. Yeah. Hey. Uh, how Hi, how are you? I'm good. How you doing? Okay. Did you witness his dog getting out another time? Uh, no, I always went to... Why pick- are you here? Besides being his friend, uh, why are you here? I got a car. Okay, you got a car. <laughs> did you witness him? Did you witness a dog? Were you ever a witness to his dog getting out a different time? Uh, I always went and found him. Like I said, I got the car. You always, so then the answer to my question would be yes, if you always yeah, went and found him. Yes, you're on. Oh, oh. So when you're saying I got a car, not that you were giving him a ride today, but that whenever his dog would get out, since you had a car, you would go find him? No. Is that what you're saying? Can you just talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, forget me. You talk. Go ahead. Me talk. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, I have a car. So I drove here today. He's my best friend, known him my whole life since I'm a kid. I have a car. He said, I live down the street. He said his dog ran away the one time. I go with my car, drive around the neighborhood to find him. Doing anything bad? No, that's okay. uh, his dog. Since he's your best friend, has he ever told you about the dog biting anybody? No, I'm over his house every day. The dog's friendly. Well, yeah. As, you yeah. know why the dog doesn't bite you? You're over his house every day. Yeah, he knows you. Him, Okay. Uh, yeah, well, right. Seen him around plenty of people. He doesn't bite nobody. Well, uh, he bit this dog. What do you don't you don't think he bit this dog? You don't no, think he bit this dog, right? Uh, nobody was there but him. Why don't you think that dog got because bit? Because of the you you think that the dog would bite just the dog and not the owner himself for trying to grab him away from the dog. So you don't feel his dog got attacked because he didn't get attacked? Yes, ma'am. I didn't give him a chance so to attack. So when your pit bull roams loose and bites a but, dog, you would prefer to see the owner bit too. No, before that's, that's what would be sufficient proof nah, to you. Those, that's, that's not what I said. I, I said if the, he attacked the little dog, and he obviously said multiple times he was punching on the dog, you don't think the pit bull would attack him after he, got, he was getting punched on? Hey, let me tell you what I think. I think I've seen enough pit bull cases to know that they don't unlatch. They keep latched. And you can punch him a million times unless you put a hose on him. You know, they're not going to unlatch. So if he latched to his, his little chihuahua, you, th you, you don't think Okay, you don't show think me the pictures it. of the injuries. I don't have a chihuahua, I have a Yorkshire Terrier. A Yorkshire Terrier. And I got pictures. Yeah. Let's see the pictures. And you have a vet bill. Let me see yeah, the vet bill. What happened with your dog that day? He was brought back to my house. By who? Animal control? Nah, Tommy, my friend here, Tommy. Oh, you found the dog that day? Yeah. yeah. Yes, you're on. Okay. Did you get any citations? I thought I was aware. You didn't get any tickets? Oh, no, yeah, for the, yeah, yeah, I got two tickets. Yeah, what were your tickets for? Uh, two dogs running at large. And then did you uh, also get tickets for having unlicensed dogs? Yeah. Because your dogs don't have licenses? Yeah. Okay. Did the plaintiff ever come talk to you? No, man. Uh, no, he never talked to me about anything. Did you ever meet him before today? I met him, I think, one time. How did you meet him? It was an altercation with, uh, my dog was loose, and the first another time? Another, and this is another attack on a, on a neighbor's dog two weeks later, mm -hmm. and that dog was had a hematoma on the side of his face. You gotta had, be kidding and me! He had a twelve hundred dollar after vector. this. Yes, after this, and there's another one after this. If you want me to tell you that one too. No, you he gotta be kidding me! He was loose again, and he attacked my neighbor's dog. But they I, got but I don't understand. How does animal control not confiscate the dog? That's what I thought. I thought they would put it down by now. I have no idea. And they keep saying they can't take the dog because it's his property. Unless they kill a dog, that's the only way they can take the dog. Welcome back to the People's Court. Harvey Levin here. We are uh, in Los Angeles, uh, and we are in front of the TMZ uh, Celebrity Tour Bus with these fine folks. Yay! Yay. Uh, we decided to do this here and uh, talk to people from all over the world who are having fun. So the question, are pit bulls more dangerous than other dogs? You're raising your hand. Yeah, it's a creative breed. A lot of my homeboys in Hollywood, South Florida are going to be upset about this, but it's a creative breed with a chemical imbalance. Oh, wow. That's, you know what? I've never quite heard it put that way before. What do you think? I think it depends on the owner. So you're blaming it. You say it's the owner if there's a problem. Who's the tiebreaker here? You're nodding no. Come all the way in here because I see you not. No, about, you it further. doesn't matter about a chemical imbalance. If you raise it to be a decent dog, it'll be a decent dog. That's so just an excuse. So oh, boy. I should just zip it up. Going inside the courtroom. The original guy that he said uh, he had... Uh, Bring attacked. him these pictures, please. Me, uh -huh. he had came to my house and we talked face to face, man to man, and we settled the uh, situation at hand. He said he understood. Uh, he understood what? what? Your need the, to have your pit bull roam free? 
What no, is, you said you, know, you understood the situation I was in. What situation are you in? Uh, he, he told me, because I, I don't have... Listen, it's an accident once. It's not an accident six times. It's not at three times that he knows about, and two of them are after this one? Are you kidding me? You just don't care about anybody else but yourself. Take a look at the pictures right now. Think the dog got bit? Do you see the dog's ear being that was chewed? You don't see that? I see blood on his ear, man. Okay, so what do you suppose happened? You think he bit his dog so that he would have evidence I don't know against what happened. you? I wasn't there. I wasn't there for the the what happened at the event. You I was should not own dogs. You're not responsible enough to own dogs. Because I gotta tell you, if this was my neighborhood, we wouldn't have a problem anymore. You're not allowed to have a dangerous dog that continuously roams free. You're not. My neighbors are starting to walk with bats and knives now when they walk their dogs in the neighborhood. It's, that's, it's getting to be that bad because they just don't know when this dog's going to be loose. That's right. That's right. $475.48 verdict for the plaintiff. Pay the man plus your court costs. Let's see what the defendant has to say. Come on in. Uh, stand right here. Tell me, uh, you think the dog was bitten now? Now that the case is over, you think his dog was bitten by your dog? I don't know exactly if my dog was on that business. Why, why would he just pick you out and drag you into court and pick out a number like $475 to sue you? Because there was an altercation way before that, too, but it wasn't, you know, we, we didn't discuss it in the courtroom just now. It wasn't, you know. Are you worried about what your dog might do next time to uh, another dog or a person, possibly? No, I'm not worried because he's handled responsible now and he was before it was just a slippery slope when he had ran away. That's it could happen why. again. No, it can't. It won't happen again. All right, into the car and back home. Yeah, All right. in New Jersey. Okay, right. head, head out this way. All right, so uh, what do you think of this outcome here? I'm happy with the outcome, but I just don't think he learned his lesson at all. I think it's going to happen again, and, and eventually he's going to kill another dog and, until this ends. You're walking around with knives and bats? Yeah, uh, I'm walking around with a knife. When people walk around with a bat, it's getting to be that bad, so hmm. it's the only way to take care of this dog. All right, well, be careful. I will. Harvey. Okay, I gotta tell you, if you live next to a dog owner who's irresponsible as the defendant, you gotta call animal control and you gotta file a complaint. They can actually take the dog away if the owner is putting everybody in peril. And that will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
This is the plaintiff, Maria Dodaro. She says she hired the defendant, an architect, to help her prepare the permits to convert her house into a two-family dwelling. Well, $2,500 and 18 months later, she was denied because of an oversight on the defendant's part, and she wants her darn money back. The defendant's a hack who did nothing but waste her time, and that's why she's here today suing for the return of her hard-earned $2,500. This is the defendant, Tony Frieda. He says he did indeed do a lot of work for the plaintiff, only took a retainer, and it is clearly stated retainers are non-refundable. He also makes it quite clear he doesn't guarantee any type of work. He just puts the necessary paperwork together and submits it in an attempt to pull a permit. He also came up with a viable solution for her to accomplish what she wanted to do, but the plaintiff refused. He's accused of doing a lot of nothing. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case in the docket, the plaintiff says the architect she hired screwed up the plans for her house and uh, the building permit got rejected. But the defendant says his work was non-refundable. It's the case of the worst laid plans. Thank you, Douglas. Giuseppe and Maria Dodaro? Maria Dodaro, yes. Okay, and you're, you have power of attorney for Giuseppe? Yes, I do. Okay. You are suing your former architects, represented here by Tony Frieda. You're the owner? Yes. Okay. For $2,500, a retainer fee that you paid them that you want returned to you. What happened? We hired Tony back in 2014 of March. To, we bought a... Um, commercial unit over a one family, and we Wait, called- Wait, a one family over a commercial unit? Yes, one family over a commercial, I'm sorry. Got it. Um, we bought the house in January, we called Tony in March of 2014 to see if we can take the one family and make it a two family, because it was a very large one family To unit. try to rent it out. Correct, okay. as two families instead was of one. Was the commercial part rented out, or not yet? When we called him, yes, we had already rented the entire bottom floor to the photo studio. Okay. Um, we call Tony to see if we can have the second floor split into two legal apartments instead of just one family. Um, when we had spoken in his office, he said he would have to come look at the apartment. So he came out and he did that, took some measurements, looked at the outside structure, did whatever he needed, felt necessary to do, and sent me a contract a couple of days later. Do you have that contract? I do. Let me see. Did you discuss with him whether it even would be possible to do it? Yes, that's what we called him for. We said, can we do this? You know, is it possible to do this two apartments on this one floor and the cellar, you know, our basement cellar floor? And then what happened? That was in 2014. So I called him every couple of weeks to check on the status. He didn't get back to me until March 16th of 2015. Wait, how does a whole year pass? Oh. I mean, I know this stuff takes time, but it doesn't take that much time. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. Well, you weren't in that much of a hurry then. I was, but you know, I was kind of giving him the time. He kept saying, we're working on it, we're working on well, it. What so were they I working on? His office was telling me on numerous occasions they were working on doing paperwork and they were trying to figure out. So were you just leaving it up to them how it would be designed? No, the, the one floor apartment already somewhat exists. We needed him to put in a second yeah. kitchen, but there was already two bathrooms. There was already rooms that were already kind of split up. So did you have any discussions about where that kitchen would be? Yes. Okay. Um, so that was when he originally so came before in the contract. So one year you didn't see a single drawing? Nothing. Nothing. Not even preliminaries? Nothing? Nothing. You would just call every what? 
uh, every couple of weeks, because like I said, it wasn't like an emergency job. So he kept telling me that there were emergency jobs that were coming up and, you know, if it was okay. And, yeah, you no, know, but so I mean, I was, a year is a long time. So what, I, what so finally So finally, um, in February, like, I, I got tired of it. And I'm like, this is crazy. It's been 11 months and I haven't seen anything. So and you had already paid him how much? He asked for $2,500 retainage upon receiving the signed contract. So what happened? So in March, finally, um, he told me that he was going to have one of his coworkers work on my paperwork because he had no time to do it. So he got his coworker involved. His coworker then started calling me and sending me plans, and this was in March 16th, 2015. So right away, I started seeing plans and some kind of progress. So you were happy being done, yeah. So that took from March till June. Um, he showed us everything, how it would look. The and coworker. The coworker. In June, um, he was done. We were done. We finalized everything. In June, I, he, I said, okay, what's next now that we finalized the plans? Everything looks good. What do we do? He says, you have to contact Tony to sign the application to submit the paperwork to the building department. Okay. I said, okay. I'm calling like every other day. What do I have to do with the application? What do I have to do with the application? Am I hearing anything? The coworker tells me um, in August, his email isn't working. You have to send it to this other email. So I said, okay. So I send, start sending it to that email. I'm calling at the same time, like his receptionist is taking my calls. So finally then, the first week of August at some point, he calls me back. Who does? Tony. And he tells me, oh, your zoning does not qualify for a two-family what over the commercial unit your zoning doesn't permit it no and I'm saying what do you mean you told me 18 months ago when you came before I even signed a contract you had to go back to your office to check the zoning check the square footage just check everything I said what happened and he answered me I don't know I, I was like this is I was just I couldn't believe it so anyway just stop what happened <laughs> okay well uh, basically, they called me in to oh, see Oh, you can it. fast forward a little. Okay, so you can build two families there. If we increase the floor area, it would make the second apartment viable. If they wanted to enlarge the building, is to increase the floor area of the upper floor, the first floor. What's viable mean? And viable means that the first apartment has to be 925 square feet, and the second apartment should be a little bit what smaller. What should be? She doesn't want to do this okay, other so thing. Wait a minute, no, I haven't asked my question. Mm -hmm. Other than building more building, yeah. can within, within her footprint that she has there, can there be a two-family apartment, yes or no? Mathematically, yes. So how? Well, the, the second floor is 1,322 square feet. One apartment needs to be 925 square feet. So. The other apartment, you have about 397 square feet left over. Now, at the end of the day, you might end up with a studio. And when I say viable, I mean that maybe that studio is not rentable in that, okay. in that area. So here's my question, because I have a very simple question. Why did it take 18 months to realize that within that footprint, you couldn't make two apartments? Okay, so if uh, the architect um, writes plans out or draws plans and it can't be done because the zoning commission rejects it, does the, uh, does the customer get the money back if it says non-refund? Yes, they do. Why? Because things like natural disasters happens. They had no idea that the plans were going to be rejected. They who? The, the, the customer? The customer and the architect. How is it a natural disaster no, of the zoning? It's one of those small loopholes like a natural disaster that may happen. 
You can't say if there's an earthquake or something like that. An earthquake's a small loophole? <laughs> well, yeah. Natural. Not refundable. Do you realize that this bus could end up in the Pacific on that small loophole? And I'll get, because we had no idea. Right, going inside the courtroom. So someone clearly drew two apartments, which is what the lady had asked for. And as it turns out, you drew something, your firm drew something that couldn't exist according to the law, correct? Because one of the two, by law, had to be 900 feet. You didn't draw them 900 feet. Yes or no? Your Honor, the, the point is... No, the point is answer my question. I, I did draw what, whatever you see there. Okay, so if you drew this, you drew something without checking the law. This is all news to you. You didn't check before you started this whole project 18 months earlier how big one of them had to be. You didn't check the zoning. But I don't know that until I draw it. Really? Well, how so would I know that? One of the, well, let's see. The whole space is how much? 1,322 okay, square feet. Okay, so making one of them 900 would make one of them, to quote you, unrentable. How do you escape the I, inescapable conclusion that you didn't know one of them had to be 900? Of course, you should know that 18 months earlier, right? So I would like to know how it is that you draw two things that can't possibly ever be approved. And then when you drop the bomb on her that, oh, wait, one of them has to be 900. You don't return her money. Tell me how it is that you shouldn't, that you didn't just botch it, steal 18 months that she can't get back because your firm didn't bother to research something that is apparently on the, what De website? Department of Building. Department of Building website. All right, so the reason why it took so much time is because the records that are on file and the actual building are not the same. So there was an illegal extension made to the back of the building, which we didn't have records on at the building department. That would have lessened the square stop. footage. Just stop. I've done this that, without you my whole life. I'm sorry. Okay. Mr. Frieda, somebody came to you as a professional. Right paid you a $2,500 retainer because they wanted to make two apartments legal in that space. You tell them, no problem. You are hiring me to do that. You then draw it out to do that. And then you go, oh, what are the rest of be 900? We can't do any of this. You bothered to look it up at some point 18 months later. So you tell me what stopped you from doing that 18 months ago and not wasting 18 months of her and her husband's life and 2,500 of her hard-earned dollars. Because she hasn't told you all the facts. The facts are that I did do a lot more work. I did, I did measure. Your work was worthless. It's disgraceful. Verdict for the plaintiff, $2,500 plus your court costs. The defendant's right out here in the hallway after disgraceful and your hubris and what's, what's, uh, mm -hmm. what do you have to say for yourself? Well, I don't think that all the facts were stated correctly and nothing was, uh, the, the fact that I had to start the work and do all that work in order to get to that point to find out is, is just the way the business is done. I can't start working without getting a retainer. It's not that you got the retainer, it's that you didn't return it. Well, I don't, it's, it's stated fully on the contract that it's non-refundable. You and think you did a good job for this lady? Yes. Okay, all right, right down this way. He says he did a good job for you, right? Yeah. Didn't he? He did not. I, I, I'm speechless. I think the judge was very fair in returning my money, but I, for him, I mean, he needs to do better at his job. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right, over to Harvey. 
Well, here's the thing. The judge properly, I think, said that this contract was so worthless because of what the architect did that essentially the customer gets to repudiate the contract and treat it like it never happened and get the money back. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now. This is the plaintiff, Tiffany Scott. She says the defendant, her mother, owes her money for loans she made to her in 2015, won't pay her back, and mother or no mother, she's suing. Her mother's 56 years old. You'd think she'd know to do the right thing by her own flesh and blood and pay back her debts, but no. She has to go and force this into a court hearing. So here we go. She's suing for $2,486.23, the amount. She's due. This is the defendant, Valora Barnes. She says her daughter, the plaintiff, bought her a car as a sign of appreciation for helping her out with her kids. And she's just sore she moved out of her house because she didn't want to live with her anymore. She's a 56-year-old woman who's tired of being disrespected by her rude daughter. She's not going to take the abuse any longer. And if her daughter doesn't like it, then too bad. She's accused of dissing a dutiful daughter. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $2,000 for pain and suffering. All parties, please raise your right hand. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case in the docket, the plaintiff is suing her mom because she's a deadbeat and won't repay a loan. But the defendant says her daughter bought her a car as a gift. It's the case of my mother and the car. Thank you, Douglas. Welcome, Tiffany Scott, you are suing your mother, Valora Barnes, for $2,486.23 that you say she owes you for various items that you bought her and you are counterclaiming against her $2,000 for pain and suffering. Talk to me. Good morning. Um, in September 2015, I started looking through Craigslist. I'm looking to buy myself a new vehicle. As I was doing so, my mother mentioned to me that she wanted a car as well. So I offered to pay for the vehicle up front, and she was going to pay me back in installments. Okay, Be was your mother living with you at the time? She is. Well, she was, correct. And how long was she living with you? About five months. Okay. So I was leaving town in October, and because my mother was living with me, Philadelphia, I had to, to, to appear in court. What for? Um, an incident that occurred over the summertime. Criminal? They were charged me with, with receiving stolen property for returning an iPad that I found on a counter at an enterprise. So instead of turning it in so that its I, rightful owner could find it, you went to a store to return it, and you're no, shocked no, no. that you got charged with theft? No, no, no. I went to the police station to return it. And got charged. Oh, I thought you went to a store. To oh return no 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 no! It. I okay. couldn't find so the owner of the So you went to the, the police iPad. station yes. to return it. Yes. And they claimed that you had stolen it. Correct. All right. So your mom is living there for five months. She says, "I can't afford a car, but I'd like one now." When you're buying one too, and you say, "Okay," and you buy her a car. Correct. Okay. And how many kids do you have? Four. Had during the five months when she was living there, has she been taking care of, helping you to take care of your kids? Sure. According to you, you're fronting the money for the car, and then you were going to be leaving to take care of what you had to take care of. Correct. And what happened? Um, the Saturday before I was scheduled to leave, I was scheduled to leave October the 19th. She left Saturday, which was October the 17th, at about 11.45 a.m. And what precipitated her leaving? I didn't even know she left. I went upstairs in the bathroom, came back out, 
car was gone. And you have no idea why she left? I have not spoken okay, to well, her since. Okay, well, let's find out. What happened? Hi. I got tired. I got tired of being controlled. Um, why was she buying you a car? That's a gift for being there for her, for taking care of her kids, taking them back and forth to school, when she had to make trips to Philadelphia. I took care of those kids. I was there for her. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then what happened? Why did you leave in the middle of this? Your daughter and your grandkids. Why didn't you say, listen, I'm leaving. This is why I'm leaving. Tired of being disrespected. I know you're tired I was. of being disrespected. I was tired of being disrespected. But had you, right, but that doesn't excuse mm -hmm. not speaking afterwards and explaining things. You haven't talked to your daughter since then? No. Just that's it? You just wrote off your grandkids and your daughter? No. Not with my Do grandkids. you see your grandkids? Mm -mm. No, she then I guess it. you did. I guess you did. I guess you just said, that's it. I'm tired. So nobody, I don't want anybody in my life anymore. I got a no, car. No, not didn't want nobody in my life. I got tired of being down talked. Saying what? Talking about how I won't do things for her, how I'm putting her in bad positions and stuff, how I stole her life. What was she saying was the reason she felt that you had stolen her life? I'd like to know too. How did I, how do you steal somebody's life? Everything she just said was a lie. You didn't tell that me that? That was a whole lie. How did you steal my life? That's what I want to know, Why would I tell somebody you stole Why my life? Why are you supposed to let them? If everything life. was, look at me. Would you sue your mother if she stiffed you on a $2,400 loan? Um, $2,400, it really depends, but I think I would. Um, I think there should be a thing that we should respect each other and to the point where money divides us, so. Money divides us as it should or should? It should. No. No? No. 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 I say no, like, can you set up a... A thousand dollars. No. Ten thousand dollars. No. A million dollars. Her more. <laughs> oh, God. Going inside the courtroom. This is not her first time leaving. This is not the first how time long that she's done this. And the prior times where she's taken off, how long she, has she been gone? Oh, a couple months. And Do you have then siblings? she comes back. Yeah, I have mm -hmm. six of us total, and none of them would take her in. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I take her in. Regardless of the past and everything mm. she's done previously and all the other times she has skipped out on me, I continue to help her. Who's the lady with you, moral supporter or witness? Yes, that's my friend. That's your friend? Mm -hmm. That she talks about like a dog. Mm -hmm. All right, in any event, let's move on from this and let's talk about something else. Tell me about the rings you added this morning. Tell me about the jewelry. There's jewelry that I've purchased for her and jewelry that I had throughout my house, yes. Okay. Can you raise she your hand? She was with me when please? I purchased the jury. Is there anything there that came from her house? From her house, no. When she goes oh. to Philadelphia and California, she bought me two rings. How do you people get here? Oh my God. How do you get here? Hmm? Come on up. Sorry to do this to you. That's okay. But I was just curious if you had any conversations with either of them regarding this at any point in time. Um, I've had a conversation with Tiffany. She called me when her mother left and asked me a bunch of questions about where she might be. And did you know where did she I was? Did I know? At the time, I did not know. When did you find out where she was? Um, I think she called me like four days late after Tiffany called me. <laughs> and so she calls you and tells you what? She left the house because she was very upset with Tiffany, how Tiffany had been treating her. Um, making her feel very uncomfortable and um, unwanted, basically, in the house. But other than that, like, I really... She ever mentioned anything about the car? Um, she did. When Tiffany called me, she said that her mother had done some foul stuff to her. 
that she took the car that she bought her and left. And then I got a call. Someone called me and said they were a detective and that Tiffany claims that her mother took a car. Did the police ever talk to you? Of her stuff. Did the police ever talk to you? No. <laughs> She's lying. Do you work or don't you? No, I'm at, I'm at home. I'm disabled. You don't work? No, okay. I don't work. And when I leave town, she leaves with me. So how is she watching my kids when I leave town? You leave town with me. Well, unless She's you're totally going lying. You know, to court in Philadelphia, I guess. Well, yeah. Because part that of what incident, you're suing for is she was supposed to you're watch suing for kids. an airline ticket to go to court in Philadelphia. Right. What ended up that happening with that? I couldn't go to court because she waited. I don't know if this was like premeditated, but from the looks of it, it appears that she had already been plotting this because as soon as I got the car running, and everything was registered and in her name, then oh, by she the way, left. I was gonna ask that. Everything because was always in her name, correct? Correct. Okay, and what did you end up, like what's the status of your uh, case in, in, where did you say that was, Pennsylvania? It's in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. What's the status of the case? I probably have a warrant for my arrest, I probably do. She didn't watch my kids while I went to it's court. It's not her fault you have a warrant. What have you done to clear up your warrant and your failure to appear in court for your case? All I, I had to pay a fine, I paid the fine, and I just had to appear in court. And so there's I not- I shouldn't have a warrant. I hope okay. I don't have a warrant. Okay, but if you do, it wouldn't be her fault, right? I think it's her fault. Nope. She skipped out on the Saturday and I was scheduled to leave the court on Monday. So yeah, it is her fault. Did you know that she was leaving to go to a court case the following day on the day that you left? That's kind of a mean thing to do to, mm-hmm. your, to anybody, but to your own child, mm-hmm. to put him in that position. You know what I mean? That might look bad, what I did to her. You always, nobody knows what I have been through. I'm tired of being... That's fine mis- that you're tired and that you want to put some separation, and that's great. You know, but mm-hmm. you could do it without leaving a train wreck behind you. Because, you know, you set the example for how your daughter treats you. Mm-hmm. You know? Because I'm watching it. I'm watching mm-hmm. the whole thing unfold. You know, you're complaining about it, but you do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, I went upstairs and I asked her, was she still leaving? And she said she wasn't going on the trip. I never lived with her. She would call me over and ask me if I could keep her children for her. While she did she what? She's not working. What, did, what was she doing? Going to Philly. To do what? To do what? I didn't want to go there. Please, because you go to Philly with me. To do what? The drugs. Do them or sell them? Sell them. She's I'm a drug dealer. <laughs> Do you have any texts, any emails, anything at all to corroborate your version of how all of this went down? As anything between you two, anything? As far as her and I? Yeah, like, no, you know, I anything like you owe me the I money for the, the car, sword. yeah, okay, I'll pay you later, anything like that, nothing? No. Did you ever call the police and tell them that she stole rings and a bracelet? No. That's not Ms. all Scott, that here's, here's where we are on okay. this. First of all, on your, let's start with your counterclaim against her. $2,000 for pain and suffering because you don't like your relationship with your daughter. That's not going to happen. You reap what you sow, and you've got some fault in this, whether you want to recognize it or not. So on your countersuit against her, zero. Your lawsuit against her is a little more complicated. You're suing for all of the expenses associated with a car that according to you, you were fronting for her and not giving her as a gift. But you put it all in her name. It's all in her name from the get-go. Right. Uh, no, don't interrupt me. 
you've got an airline ticket for a flight that you decided not to take, you don't end up going to Philadelphia and you want her to pay your $300 ticket. And then you've thrown in $500 in pain and suffering, which of course, for the same reasons are, are, are gone. I have zero to corroborate the way either of you are saying that this went down. You have your version, she has her version. There's not one scintilla of proof to prove it either one of your ways. Mm. The problem that you have is you're the plaintiff, and the plaintiff in every lawsuit is the one who has to prove to me by a preponderance of the evidence that it's the way you're saying. And if you fail to do that, then you don't win your case. And that's the situation we find ourselves in now. So in your lawsuit against her, I rule for her, not because I believe her, but because I don't know who to believe, and mm. there's zero evidence to tip the scale in your favor. How? What have all the receipts? Well, the plaintiff came into court and told the story, but didn't really provide any evidence to prove anything, so what's your reaction to not getting what you sued for? I don't know how I didn't provide any evidence, and I have it over here. The money that I spent to purchase the car, the receipts for the mechanical work, everything is I right know, here. I know, that doesn't prove she did anything wrong, though. She didn't pay me back the money. She was supposed to pay me for the car. Do you have it in writing? Did you get a... Uh, a note signed by the two of you, evidence like that? a verbal agreement between her and I. I didn't think she was gonna screw me out of my money. Okay, follow Officer McIntosh yeah. this way. All right, so come on out here and, how painful is this? I'll be okay. May God have mercy on her soul. Why do you think she's suing you? Anger. About? <laughs> I don't know. Harvey? It's the oldest principle in the book. If you sue a relative, risk, reward. I mean, that's what it's all about.